0: Hello, online family. My name is Matthew Malik, and I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. We are so incredibly glad that you chose to tune in to the Refuge official podcast today. We believe the message you are about to hear will inspire you in a very meaningful way. We believe the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work in your life, and we believe that you'll hear from him today. Please enjoy. We're so glad that you're here, We're so glad that you have tuned in online, if you're watching us online this morning on a YouTube channel. I want to start out with this verse, kind of just to set the stage to establish a foundation for us. So before we get into anything else, Psalms 46.1, in fact, a good pastor friend of mine texted that to me last night, and I thought, wow, that'd be a great way to start the service. Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's present now to help you. And whatever trouble we're in as an individual, as a nation, God is our refuge and strength. I just want to take a couple moments before I get into my message and just say something in addressing things Our country has seen some dark days in its history. In the history of this nation, we've seen some very difficult times. But the American people have always rose above it, okay? And that's important to understand. Throughout our history, we've witnessed moments of unbelievable despair. Like we witnessed at the Washington Capitol building this past Wednesday, I grieve at what happened there, as all of us should. The hopelessness we witnessed is not the nation we have known. And I believe since the birth of this nation, it's been almost 250 years, the worst of times have never defined us. Violence, breaking the law, and putting innocent lives in jeopardy, and endanger is not the solution in any scenario. America is hurting right now, folks. America is frus- frustrated, and, and it's a divided people. But God, amen. <laughs> but we are not a broken people beyond despair. We're not okay. There is hope, and I believe God is at on the move. I believe that America's destiny is to spread the gospel. And we've seen that through its history, and, and this nation has done so much in sending missionaries across this globe, uh, providing materials to disciple, to raise up a generation and generations of people that know Christ. And so I believe, and we're, when we pray, we're going to pray for America this morning when we, when we pray. But I wanted to just give you a little bit of an update of our year-end giving campaign, and... Uh, this year, again, as it was last year, it's people, projects, and property, and, and we want to thank you for those of you that have uh, made a pledge or a gift. Uh, you are kingdom builders, and the year-end gifts and pledges received so far is $18,211, and uh, praise God, yes, that's almost 20% of our goal and so as we continue to believe God and pray, I believe everyone will do their part. I want to just take a moment and talk about this thing called first fruits. There's something about first fruits. It's at the beginning of a season that you offer God the first. And something that uh, people have done. Somebody told me this, that they took their first paycheck of the year and they gave that as a first fruits offering. In that set the stage for the whole year of God's provision. We see that principle in the Old Testament when they would bring the harvest, the first fruits of the harvest. They brought that as an offering to God before the the temple and before the priest and offered it for the work of God. And so I want to challenge you to seek God about the first fruits of this year. What can you sow that would set the seed, planting seed for the rest of the year. And the first fruits was for this very reason. It was the, to guarantee the rest of the harvest would be successful. That was the principle behind it. And so, consider what you might do at the beginning of this year. Some of you may have determined, I'm going to begin to tithe 10% of my income into the work of God. I believe you will see God open the windows of heaven, as the scripture says, and pour out such blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. I mean, it's a principle of the Bible, and God's principles always work. Amen. Well, we want to get into the message this morning, which is entitled Living in Hope. This is actually part one. So we're beginning this series, Living in Hope. Uh, We will be exploring hope, actually, as it relates to faith. Really, hope is what gives faith substance. So if you're a man of faith, if you're a woman of faith, it's hope that gives you faith substance. Uh, Hope is a target, it's a goal. It's a destination. It's an objective. It's a purpose. It's a path. Without hope, your faith has no substance. And uh, the scripture in Hebrews 11, 1, if you turn there with me, uh, let's look at this. It says, now faith is the substance of things, notice, hope for, the evidence of things not seen. So, again, hope gives your faith substance. Faith is the substance, the assurance, the confidence, the certainty, being sure of things that are hoped for. Hope gives your faith something significant, okay? Hope is more than wishful thinking, folks. It really is. And and this is something you might want to write down. Hope is confident expectation. It's confident expectation. The biblical context of hope or the Bible, yeah, biblical context of hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength is in his faithfulness, okay? See, it's the target and the goal of your faith. It starts with hope, and then your faith can connect with that and work with that, and you can see it come to pass because uh, the Scripture says in um, Hebrews eleven six that without faith it's impossible to please God. But hope gives substance to your faith so that you can exercise faith and please God because God is pleased when he sees people express their faith towards him and towards his word and towards his promises. Now, according to the Bible, God is the God of hope. Okay, the God of hope. And the word hope in the Bible is from the Greek word alpes, and it means a desire of some good with an expectation of obtaining it. Okay, so it's it's the desire of some good with an expectation of obtaining it. So it's it's that it's that goal target. Yes, this is good, but also the actual expectation of obtaining it. Now, our vision statement at Refuge is this. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. This is a place we grow while finding authentic hope, purpose, and love through Jesus. So helping people to find authentic hope through Jesus will be an emphasis this year of our vision statement, okay? Okay. Because a lot of people are dealing with hopelessness. They're without hope, and they need hope. And so they need to find authentic hope, and they can find that through a personal relationship with Jesus. Can you say amen? Now, uh, for refuge in 2021, the Lord has given us two primary directives. One is building his church, and the other is living in hope. Now, the first directive of building his church is ongoing. In fact, uh, the scripture tells us in Matthew sixteen eighteen, 18, Jesus, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we know that that's something that we're called to be part of, part of the building of the church. Uh, we participate in that at some level as believers, as members of the body of Christ. Um, now, the second directive will be the theme focus for 2021 living in hope. This is our theme for 2021. Now, most people refer to God as a God of love. Okay, right? You've heard that? God is a God of love. But the Bible also says that He is the God of hope. And so turn with me to Romans 15, 13, because I want want you to see that for yourself in the Word of God. Romans 15, 13. Romans fifteen thirteen. it says, may the God of hope, see it's right there, you can underscore that if you have a Bible, and these gals in the front row, they have highlighters and all that, so um, amen, do that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Now, in this series, we want to break down this passage. And we want to look at this and, and see what is this speaking to us and how do we need to respond to it? Because the Word of God speaks. It speaks a message, but it's us who respond to that message. And when we do, that's when faith arises in our hearts and we can see the Word come alive and bring about transformation, revelation, and understanding in our lives. So God is the God of essential hope, okay? So uh, he is our hope, but hope is part of his essence. It's part of his nature. In fact, we could make this statement, he is hope itself. He is hope. God is the author of natural hope okay it's an aspect of the divine nature by god's design he created mankind to be creatures of hope okay what sustains man or women men or women in the time of trouble and disappointment in this present life is this thing called hope hope will sustain you hope will get you through a difficult time or crisis And so I want to point out three things in this scripture that we're looking at, and I'll be emphasizing maybe one over the others, but uh, we'll, throughout this series, talk about these three elements. The first statement, you can write this down if you're taking notes, point number one, recognize the source of hope. Recognize the source of hope. See, recognition is an important element. We need to recognize and acknowledge the source of hope. And in doing that, when, when you acknowledge God as the source of hope, the God of hope, then you are then positioned to receive hope from him, okay, and what that will accomplish in your life, okay? And just as when you acknowledge and recognize Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's when you position yourself to receive salvation, okay? Acknowledgement, recognition is of great importance, Okay? So he is the God of hope. This reveals the source where hope comes from. And uh, so, and the second point, you can write this down. I'll share these three that we'll, we'll look at them a little more in detail. Point number two, let him fill you with all joy and peace. See, that's what the God of hope does. And that's what the scripture says, that he will fill you with all joy and peace. So point number two, let him fill you with all joy and peace. Now, consider this. Apparently, joy and peace are ingredients for hope. They're ingredients for hope. The two working together bring about hope in your life. 1 Peter 1.8, and I love this passage. It's as though you have not seen him, you love him. That's profound. Because physically, we may have never seen him with our eyes, but yet we have a profound love for Jesus Christ. We have a profound love for God the Father. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice, notice this, with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Now, glory simply means God's weighty presence, okay? And inexpressible joy is joy that you cannot contain, okay? So it begins to uh, just exude from your life, and they'll say, what happened to him? What is he on, you know? But joy is something um, that if you don't have, you can have and should have. You know, um, some people, I won't say it they they missed out on the joy when it was being handed out okay just and uh, it looks like they were um sucking on prunes or something i, I don't know <laughs> or pickle juice probably better yet pickle juice but anyway god wants to fill you with his joy okay and and peace we see that in john 14:27 jesus is passionate about giving you peace I said he's passionate about giving you peace, and peace is his undistur- this undisturbed composure, that sense of stability of your heart and mind. It's a place of safety, and Jesus in John fourteen twenty seven says, "Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you." Not only is he leaving with us, it with us, he's giving it to us. So you need to receive it, okay? And it goes on to say, let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In other words, it takes, uh, it addresses the trouble and the fear of your life. It addresses the trouble and the fear of your heart, receiving God's peace that he freely gives. And I love First uh, Thessalonians 3.16. sixteen. First Thessalonians 3.16. I don't know if they have that one up there. At 2 Thessalonians. Okay, good. Thank you. We got a good team back there working on it. At 2 Thessalonians 3.16. This is one of the 3.16s of the Bible. How many of you know John 3.16? God so loved the world. That's probably the most popular verse, well-known verse. But there's other 3.16s of the Bible. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 is one of them. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. Notice this at all times, and in every way. That means you should never, never, never be without peace. It's accessible, and it's available to you anytime, anywhere, regardless of the condition, regardless of the situation. Peace is available for you, okay? So receive that word. I speak that peace over you as a body of believers. I speak that to those that are viewing online, Receive the peace of God that pass understanding. We also see that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let the peace of God which pass understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. All right, let's look at point number three. Point number three. The statement is, he gives power to abound in hope. He gives us power to abound in hope. To be filled with joy and peace will result in abounding hope. So the Holy Spirit gets involved because this is by the power of His Spirit. It's interesting how God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they all work together. They're all in sync. They're all working towards achieving the same goal concerning your life and my life. And so by the power of the Spirit, we can abound in hope. Now, when I think of abounding, I think of years ago when uh, the Superman comics were on TV, he could, it would say he could leap a building in a single bound. I'm not sure exactly if that's how it was said. But you think about abounding, that means you're going a distance. This is going to carry you for a distance. Abounding hope will carry you a distance. It'll get you to your destination. It's for the long haul. It's not just to get you a couple steps down the road. It's to get you to your destination. You will abound in hope. God wants you to abound in hope in 2021. That means we're going to achieve the goal, the purpose that God has destined and determined for us. Now, one of the things, and I want to address this as what is problematic in this whole scenario, and that is this thing called hopelessness. Because we can talk about hope all day, But if we don't address hopelessness, then we failed to really communicate what God wants to do in our lives, okay? So hopelessness is the feeling or the state of despair. I'm defining it for you. It's to be destitute, having no expectation of good, having no expectation to succeed or be successful. It also means, hopelessness also means to not be susceptible to any remedy or cure. To be incapable of redemption or improvement. Impossible to accomplish, to solve or resolve. All of those phrases, all of those statements define hopelessness. Now the sad thing is, there's a lot of people right now in the world that we live in, that are battling hopelessness. They don't see a way out. They don't see a way out of their addiction. They don't see a way out of their financial dilemma. They don't see a way out of a, of a relationship that's unraveling, that's deteriorating. They don't see hope. Without hope. Well, let me just say this. Hopelessness is an enemy to mankind. It's an enemy to mankind. It is the cause of defeat, failure, and death. The scripture tells us in John 10, 10 that uh, Jesus came, that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly, but the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And all of that is on the premise of hopelessness. He wants to invade your life with a hopeless spirit. That there's no way out, that there's no help for me. See, it was all of our condition before those of us have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior and committed our life to him. It was our condition. And if you look with me in Ephesians 2, 12 and 13, we'll see this in the Scripture. Ephesians 2, verse 12. It says, remember. How many of you know we need to remember some things? (laughs) We need to forget other things, but there's certain things we need to remember. And this is one of them. Remember that you were, at that time, separated from Christ. Now, this is speaking of the former life, the time B.C., before Christ, okay? Um, Get that? B.C.? I'm not talking about, you know, years. I'm talking about before Christ, before you were walking with him. Okay, let's read over. Let's start this again. Remember that you were, at that time, separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise. In other words, all of that was foreign to you, having, notice, no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope and without God in the world. See, that was our condition. But notice verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once we far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Wow. Isn't that encouraging? Without hope, and now we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus, and now we have hope. See, there are hopeless people, hopeless situations, people in despair. And despair looks at immediate realities. Okay? And you might now hear this. Despair looks at immediate realities. It's like what's right before them, what they can see, what's tangible before them. But hope sees ultimate realities. Okay? I'll say that again. Despair looks at immediate realities. Hopelessness looks at immediate realities. But hope sees ultimate realities. It sees, it sees beyond the trouble, beyond the crisis, beyond the challenge. And it sees the end. Some see a hopeless end, but others see an endless hope. Amen? You know, I I just decided to look up some statistics the other uh, day when I was preparing this message and thinking about uh, some of the reports you heard about increased suicide in 2020 because of COVID. And uh, suicide in 2020 was the 10th leading cause of death. In the U.S., on the average, 132 Americans died by suicide each day. 1.4 million Americans have attempted suicide. So this is a problem in America right now, all because of hopelessness. Because they don't see any other way out but to end their life. And, and you know, that's, that's the issue that so many people are dealing with, and that's where the church needs to respond. 48,344 Americans died by suicide in 2020. 926 in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, So that brings it a little closer to home. It is the second leading cause of death for ages 10 through 34. Think about that. The second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 34, the fourth leading cause of death for ages 35 through 54. And, and this statistic I found interesting, that 54% of Americans have been affected by suicide. So that's over half the country. You know, um, Daniel, a son, um, his father-in-law committed suicide a few years ago. And what devastation that brought to the family. And, and still the heartache and the devastation that followed. But it's a painful thing. And it affects so many. And, and I believe that the church is postured and positioned to reach people. There's people in our community that they had a breaking point And they don't know if they want to live another day. We need to reach them before they do something stupid. Yeah, okay, I I could stay on that for a while, but I I need to move on. A question, what do you say when the doctor says there's no hope? I want to share my story. I'm alive today because of a woman who embraced hope that I would live and not die. See, when I was born, um, the doctor made a comment to my mom uh, that uh, I was allergic to life. Uh, there were so many health issues as an infant. And my mom did everything she could, and my dad did everything they could to care for me, to provide for me. I was in and out of the hospital repeatedly, constantly. And in one of those episodes, the doctor came into the room and looked my mom in the face, and she said, there's no more that medical science can do for your son. You have a choice right now. You can either leave him here, and he's going to pass away, or you can take him home with your family. I had two older brothers at that time, um, and he can pass with you. And my mom thought about it for a moment, and she decided, I'm going to take him home. And on a drive home, we lived in Junction City, north of Junction City, about a mile and a half. We were raised in a dairy farm. So she's driving on Highway 10, old Highway 10. It's now HH. And she's going home, and she's crying out to God. And she basically says this prayer, Lord, this child doesn't know a mother's love like he needs to know a mother's love. And she began to cry out in desperation, Oh God, I want this child to live. She got home and I'm there with the family and and my mom felt inspired to call the Marshfield Clinic. And she talked to a doctor, his name was Dr. Vedder, And my mom's explaining my situation and the condition. And the doctor said, is he breathing? My mom says, what? Is he breathing? Well, yeah, he's breathing. It's, it's difficult for him to breathe. And then Dr. Vedder said this, as long as there is breath, there is hope. Bring him in. So my mom packed me up in the car, drove me off to Marshfield, Marshfield Clinic, and I'm here today as a testimony. You know, I mean... I stand before you because of hope. A woman who embraced hope that her child would live and not die. And I'm so thankful for that. So embrace that for yourself. As long as you're breathing, there's still hope. And it's interesting when we look at COVID. COVID is a respiratory virus that attacks the airways. It's trying to take our breath away. It's trying to take our hope away. That's why we must fight it in the name of Jesus. That this plague will stop in the name of Jesus. That it will not take another life in the name of Jesus. That it will be eradicated from this earth in Jesus' name. Some people are saying, well, God sent this. No, God doesn't do that. It's a result of the fall and the curse that came upon humanity because of the fall. The curse of sickness and disease. So we stand and we believe God for healing, to be protected from it, so we can live our life to serve His purpose. All right. Wow. Psalms 43, verse five says, Why are you cast down, O oh, my soul? Now, this is the psalmist. He's talking to himself. He's in a situation where he's having a, a huge challenge. And look what he says. Oh, my soul, why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. See, in this moment, David encouraged himself. Hope in God. He was like, shaking himself. I need to put my hope in God. The situation... It's causing me to be downcast. I'm in despair. I'm in turmoil. I'm I'm struggling, so I need to put my hope in God. If that's what you need to do this morning, put your hope in God. My challenge and encouragement is put your hope in God. In Job 17:15, Job went through a crisis. He was a man in the Old Testament that had all this testing and trial, all this attack come upon him, and in the first uh, third chapter, or the first third chapter says, the thing that I greatly fear came upon me. His his fear opened a door for all this calamity and destruction and devastation to come in his life. And this is what he said in verse 15 in the New Living Translation. Where then is my hope? Can anyone find it? He was looking for hope in the moment of his great despair. And he did find it because he came through that crisis. And, sh- and so will you. And, and this term, I, I just came across this and I thought, this is good, I'm going to share it with you. Rush of hope. God wants to bring a rush of hope to the church. A rush of hope where we will be invaded with this outpouring of hope to emerge us and uh, bring us into place of saturation with great hope and expectation. In Jeremiah thirty-one seventeen states, There is hope for your future, declares the Lord. There is hope for your future. There is hope for your future. I said there is hope for your future. Don't believe anything else. Don't accept anything less. There is hope for your future. There's hope for you in 2021, okay? And uh, we'll talk about it later, but in Ephesians it talks about the hope of your calling, and we want to really uh, talk about that but at this time, we're going to invite the worship team up, and as we bring this service to a close, I want to talk and address a couple of things you know, that would address your heart condition. Okay, uh, You've heard the saying, we owed a debt we could not pay, and he paid a debt he did not owe. And this is in reference to the debt of sin in our life. All of us are sinners in need of a savior? How many of you would say you've never sinned? Well, don't raise your hand because we know you're a liar. Okay, <laughs> you've all sinned. You've all fallen short of the glory of God. That is fact. That's clear. We have evidence to prove it. Okay, and and um, and even if you did it in secretly, God still saw it. Okay, so whatever you've uh, done to sin against God to break His laws, we are all guilty as judged. But yet, he paid the debt. The debt of sin is something we could never pay. And I love the Lord's prayer. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. That was an impossible debt to pay that Jesus paid for us. See, as I bring this service to close, I want to talk about a living hope. And if you're here today or listening online, I want to give you an opportunity to make a personal and meaningful commitment to receive Jesus, to put your faith and trust in him as the Lord of your life, to repent of your sins, to turn from your sins, and to turn to God. You know, let's look at this, 1 Peter 1.3. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope. A living hope. Wow. Jesus in John chapter 3 said a man must be born again. He's speaking to Nicodemus, one of the the priests in um, Jerusalem. And Nicodemus didn't know what to make of that. He says, what do I need to get in my mother's womb again? That's impossible. I can't be born a second time. Well, Jesus said, no, it's being born of the Spirit. It's having a spiritual rebirth. In that spiritual rebirth is what transforms and changes one's life. And that's what 1 Peter 1 3 is talking about. He's caused us to be born again, made alive to a living hope. We who were dead in our sins are made alive in Christ. I want you just to take a moment and bow your head. And if you're here today, you say, Pastor Matt, I know my life is not right with God. And somehow God brought you into this service and he's speaking to your heart right now and he wants to do something so marvelous in your life if you allow him to. If you say, Pastor, I don't know that if I were to die, whether I'd go to heaven or hell, there's uncertainty, there's questions. I've really messed up. I've really blown it. I don't know if God can even save me, but I'm willing today to open my heart to Jesus and allow him to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm willing to repent from my sins, to walk away from a life without God and commit my life to him. If that's you, lift your hand. No one's looking around. Nobody's watching. But say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to get my life right with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see that in. Others. Thank you. Let's stand together. This is exciting because, you know, I know at Refuge, we talk about the believer's prayer and it's something we invite you to pray with us. When I was 17 years old as a young man, my older brother led me in a prayer. And that prayer brought me into a relationship with Jesus because it allowed me to turn and repent for my sins and to refocus my life onto Jesus and embrace him as my Lord and Savior. Because the Bible says, if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. And, and I, I put that out there because if you can determine in your heart to embrace the belief that Jesus is alive, he rose from the dead to deliver mankind from sin and bring forgiveness and healing and restoration to all of humanity... And if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, the scripture is clear, you shall be saved. So join your faith with me and all of you can pray this prayer because for those of you that are saved and to be saved is, is means simply you've given your heart to God, you're walking with him, you're living for him to the best of your ability. So repeat this after me. And as I say, we call this a believer's prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you And I confess Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I turn from my sins. I repent. And I commit my heart and life to you. I believe, Jesus, that you have been raised from the dead to give me life. Today I receive that life. And I am born again to a living hope In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to worship a little bit here, then the prayer team will be coming up here. I want to thank you for being so attentive to the Word this morning. I want to share this with you about the new year. The new year challenges us with new goals. The desire for spiritual growth, the continual burden for lost souls. The anticipation of answered prayer. Opportunities to trust and hope again. Opportunities to experience God at a whole other level. Unexpected moments of blessing. Satisfaction for spiritual truth and hunger. Motivations Motivations to give our time and effort to people and projects and the joy and privilege of serving the Lord in new and exciting ways. I believe and declare that 2021 will be a year of restoration, awakening, and revival for the church. 2021 will be a year of great manifestations of God's presence. 2021 will be a year that God reveals his hope at a whole nother level in our lives. God bless you. Thank you. Let's worship him. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to receive from the Lord today. If you chose to give your life to Jesus today or would like to find more of our content, we would love for you to get connected with us on our website at wearefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing week.